Welcome to a Bicom podcast. I'm Richard Pater, the director of Bicom, and it's a true honor to be joined today by one of the giants of the Israeli media scene. Um, Nahum Baner is a political commentator with the, uh, with the popular newspaper Yidiota Fronot, and is probably one of the most well-known political commentators in Israel and, uh, and a veteran of the field for over 40 years. Nahum, thank you very much indeed for joining me. It's my pleasure, thank you. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of current day politics and then I want to do ask a little bit about reflections from your, uh, from your distinguished uh, career. But let's start, with the, let's start with, with the politics of this week. Um, this week began with a particularly uh, rare incident of the, uh, the cancellation of a, of a cabinet meeting. Um, you can tell me just how rare that is. But, uh, but generally speaking, compared to other coalitions that you've covered, just how badly is this government functioning? Quite bad, quite bad. It's, a, it's a, in a way unprecedented because we, we had a national unity government in the past, but uh, there was a basic, I would say, um, understanding in the foundation, in the establishment of, of former unity governments that uh, both parties have to re restrain uh, their uh, separate political uh, uh, interest in order to have some kind of common ground. In this coalition, it's a very strange coalition because it was uh, established uh, after three uh, election campaigns which were, uh, which ended in a kind of uh, cul-de-sac, in a kind of uh, stalemate, and uh, they didn't manage to have a real common ground. So uh, from day one, they fight each other instead of giving the people in a in in, in a crisis in the COVID nineteen nineteen uh, crisis, which uh, which really hurt so many Israelis. They don't give them uh, the right government to to handle this uh, crisis. So we, when we were just, yesterday, the, the news was suggesting that uh, there was a, there was a, there was a compromise on the table to delay the passing of the budget um, for, for, for three months or so to the middle of December, which gives this government a little bit more wiggle, wiggle room. As we're talking today, it's, uh, it's Tuesday the 11th, and, uh, and tomorrow that vote is due to come to the Knesset, along with another vote uh, led by the opposition that uh, will, will prevent a prime minister stand running again for prime minister if he, if he is under, under indictment. Um, do you think this compromise works? Well, let me ask a, a sharper question. Do you think Benny Gantz will ever become prime minister? No, I don't think so. Uh, maybe he will become prime minister if he's lucky in the ballots, but not mm. uh, under the current uh, agreement. Look, uh, I, I feel in a, bit, in, a, in a bit embarrassed to get into the crisis because it, uh, from the outset, it looks quite ridiculous. Uh, there is a, uh, uh, a debate in Israel for several years regarding timing of the budget. Should we have a, a budget for one year or for two years? Now, mm. uh, traditionally, Netanyahu wanted two years budget in order to, to allow him uh, not to submit twice to to uh, political pressures, especially from uh, the ultra-religious parties. So mm. if you have a, a, a budget for two years, you skip at least one round of uh, pressures, okay? Um, and it worked out for a while in Israel. Other people say 
a year is enough because the changes are so so big. So uh, 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 so you have to change the economy or the the policies regarding the economy during the year. Uh, it's a, it's a, you cannot plan for two years. Anyway, uh, now uh, they only use these terms, but 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 they don't mean it. Uh, <laughs> what uh, Netanyahu signed an agreement with uh, um, Blue and White, this is the Benny Gantz party, uh, that uh, stated very clearly that uh, uh, they will have to pass a two years uh, budget. Now, if they, if they don't, according to the Israeli law, automatically the, uh, uh, the Knesset has to uh, dissolve itself and uh, go for elections, so he wanted to use the uh, the one-year budget in order to uh, get himself a, a, a convenient exit from uh, from this agreement, from this coalition, and go to another fourth round in about eighteen months. Fourth round of elections. Uh, they said, yeah, yes, they, they, they insisted that they will, they, I mean, Gantz and his party, that Netanyahu will follow the agreement. Netanyahu said, no, we, we changed our mind and, they, and wanted to force them to have a budget. Now, why it is ridiculous? Because the year 2020 is almost over. Every person in the political system knows that uh, it will take about 45 days to finalize in the Knesset the uh, debate over the budget. You know, the opposition has its rights and so on. Uh, it means that the 2020 budget will be for only 10 weeks or eight weeks. So the, the whole debate is not about the budget. It's about the, the uh, should we, should uh, the Blue and White Party allow uh, Netanyahu to have a convenient exit out of the agreement he signed. Uh, and this is the crisis now. Um, nobody in Israel wants election uh, right now because uh, people are really suffering. You know, it's, uh, we are the, the second wave of the, uh, of the virus uh, uh, hit a lot of Israelis economically. And uh, people want to have a clear economical policy which will allow them to recover and uh, uh, somehow the political system doesn't give them uh, what they need. So if, thank you for that. If we, I mean, you talk about kind of how the, the, the country is hurting right now as a result of, uh, of the coronavirus. We've seen that, we've seen now for the seventh week running um, protests outside the Prime Minister's residence and, uh, and across the country and other spots. Um, but one of the criticisms of those protests, and I know that you've, you've followed it closely, um, has been that whilst there is a lack of kind of supporters of Likud supporters of the right-wing bloc, that kind of these are not people that voted for Netanyahu, that it's unlikely to affect change. Do you think that's, uh, that's fair or how do you see the protests playing out? Sure. Look, uh, uh, it's quite similar to demonstrations we saw uh, in many countries, especially in the United States. People go to demonstrate for various reasons. Uh, many of them protest uh, what they see as discrimination against them in the, in the, uh, in the uh, policies regarding the virus. I mean, 
Uh, take, for example, uh, people who are in the uh, entertainment industry. They cannot work since February. Uh, and the, 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 the compensation they got from the government is hardly enough to answer their basic needs, but uh, they can't work. This is one, one group of people who, who demonstrate. Another group of people are, are, uh, belong to the left and they are disturbed by the uh, chances that, uh, that Netanyahu will annex parts of the West Bank. Uh, between these two, uh, uh, let's say, uh, ends, you have a lot of people in the middle, some people who, who protest the fact that the government failed uh, uh, to uh, prepare for the second wave of the virus. Some people uh, feel that Netanyahu is too many years in power. Some people uh, uh, protest against uh, other policies of the, gov of the government. Or, uh, uh, so it's not uh, exactly right versus left or liberal versus conservative or, uh, or radical uh, on both sides. It's, it's a mixture. Now, uh, it's true that uh, they, the co there, there is a common ground. And the common ground now is their uh, opposition to the continuation of uh, Netanyahu as the leader of the country, as the prime minister. They want Netanyahu to resign. Now, now um, you have to understand that part of it comes from the fact that there is a criminal a, a uh, trial which waits for Netanyahu and the basic understanding uh, in the country is that some of his decisions are motivated not by what he sees as an interest of the country but by his uh, reluctance to appear in court. So this mm. is what this is a, 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 a somehow it also it, 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 the fact that he he was so dominant in the first phases uh, of the fight against the virus, combined with the suspicion that he is motivated by personal interest, uh, uh, lead so many, uh, quite uh, uh, a, num uh, a big number of people to demonstrate, not only in front of the, uh, of the Prime Minister's mansion in Jerusalem, but also uh, every Saturday on every bridge in Israel, uh, bridge uh, uh, over high, high uh, mm. uh, over roads, over uh, highways, and so on. Uh, uh, go and 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 uh, demonstrate. You mentioned the you mentioned the trial, which kind of is was is now uh, expected to, to to start in proper with the uh, witness stages in January, where the prime minister is required to be to be to be in court. Do you, do you think this will actually happen? Do you think uh, do you think the prime minister will show up for the trial, or are there other 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 tricks uh, up his sleeve still? Look, look. According to the law, he has to show up. What what he or his entourage, his, uh, his supporters uh, in, in the Likud party are trying to do is to pass a law which will postpone his trial uh, to, to a date after he retire or after he is uh, kicked out of office. Uh, uh, they call it the French law, but it's not exactly uh, the, the law they have in France, because in France, uh, the president uh, can be elected for a limited time, and then he has to face trial if there are any uh, charges against him. Here, uh, the, pre the prime minister can serve 
uh, all his life, uh, theoretically. Mm. So, so uh, they are trying to pass a law which will allow him to postpone it, or uh, there are other suggestions how they can, by, by law, uh, force a, a cancellation or postponement of the trial. So this is, this is a, an issue which, uh, which is in the heart of the crisis now. I mean, if, if, we, go to, if we go to early elections, um, do you think the basic calculation of the blocks is still, is still valid? Um, Yamina, for example, that has been um, humiliated by, by, by the prime minister on several occasions, but remains kind of ideologically pure, at least in their, in their sense, kind of will, will have no choice but to recommend Prime Minister Netanyahu next time round. With the Haredim, are they going to, the ultra-Orthodox, are they going to change their, their calculations? Um, how much is politics in flux, do you think? It's a very good question. I, I believe that the answer is yes. If they will have to, to support Netanyahu because of a very simple reason. The voters who, who vote for the Haredim, for the ultra-religious parties, and also for Yemina, the, the party, the right-wing uh, right party, which is now in opposition. These voters uh, basically are Netanyahu's fans. Shas, which is the biggest uh, Haredim party, it's very interesting. If you uh, public polls in, uh, which were conducted uh, uh, in the Shas party, um, demonstrated that uh, more than 90% of the Shas voters support Netanyahu more than they support uh, Aryeh Deri, who is the leader mm. of the Shas party. So you have here uh, basically satellite parties which mm. lean on voters which prefer to see Netanyahu as the prime minister. This is why uh, the politicians uh, who, who lead these parties uh, feel obliged to support him uh, and to commit themselves to support him, uh, to support the right-wing bloc after the elections. But we are in a crisis. So when you have a crisis, in a, poli a political crisis, you never know with what kind of uh, negative feelings people will come out of it and how they will behave later. Uh, there is a gap between, I would say, what people say in closed doors, in people in, the, in this party, but politicians in these parties, and what they say to their public. Uh, Arader is a fine example. Uh, he, he said uh, during the, the uh, coalition uh, um, negotiations, he said that he himself guarantees whatever happens he will not allow Netanyahu to break the, the agreement. And if he breaks the agreement, he will support the other party, the blue and white party. Now, when there is a crisis, he, he says, wait a minute, I'm looking for a compromise. Uh, he really broke his promise. And he did it not because he's uh, dishonest, but because uh, he knows what his voters uh, support and what they don't support. If I could just ask you a couple of questions, taking kind of a historical uh, perspective, and correct me if I'm wrong, but up until about a decade ago, you were part of a, an inner elite group of journalists that would have uh, regularly weekly meetings with the Prime Minister of the day. Um, is, can you describe the kind of what those encounters were like in those days? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe we, we have to go a little bit uh, back to uh, the Sharon era. 
אריאל שרון, who was considered a pariah in the, in, in more, in the mainstream, uh, in most of the mainstream uh, uh, press at the time, uh, he decided in the, in the 90s to change direction and to become a, 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 a real mainstream leader. He believes that this will lead him to the office of prime minister, and he was right. And one of the things he has done was to turn the, the page on past uh, animosities with several senior uh, journalists and uh, uh, try to brief them, not, in, not, not to mobilize them, but, you know, to, to exploit uh, what they can do for him and uh, be, be exploited by us. Uh, so, uh, yes, we, we had, uh, uh, me and my colleague uh, Shimon Schiffer, we had almost weekly uh, meetings with Sharon, and Sharon was very outspoken during these meetings, and I believe it was very helpful for him. I also believe that it, uh, that we, it was uh, helpful for us. He used to say that he sees us every Wednesday and laugh with us, and he cries on Friday when we publish <laughs> our call. And uh, this was a typical Sharon exaggeration. Now, uh, also, we, were, uh, we had the uh, access uh, during the uh, short term of uh, uh, Barak and, and Olmert, and uh, they, they also believed that uh, um, cooperating with the mainstream press is important for their success. Netanyahu, who, who had complicated but basically positive relations with the press during his first term, when he came back to power, he, he decided to choose another path, and he simply sees the mainstream press as an enemy. And we're not talking about, about liberal or conservative or, or right or left, we're talking about a policy which, which has a logic in itself. He believes that by using the social media, he can uh, bypass uh, most of the of the press, and he also believed that he can have his own press. And then came a, a billionaire by the name Sheldon Edelson, who, who doesn't read or talk or understand Hebrew, but he decided to invest in a, in a free tabloid, which is basically a pro propaganda organ for uh, Netanyahu, and uh, since uh, it is not an investment, but it's a philanthropic political uh, endeavor. Uh, he, he, uh, hundreds of thousands of copies of this paper are spread in the country. And Netanyahu has his own, his own uh, channel. He also has his own TV channels, and he's very active on social media. So we have a different kind of relations now. And if I can ask you another kind of uh, retrospective question over the last... Uh four decades of being and kind of covering frontline politics. Um, what's the story that you're most, uh, most proud of? What story makes me proud of? Ooh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I didn't think about it. It's a, you, you caught me by surprise, but uh, uh, I believe that, uh, look, in every military operation we had, I managed uh, to, to get uh, uh, with, the, uh, with the army, uh, to, this, to the other side of the border, sometimes without the army. 
And uh, I believe that I gave uh, my readers a different understanding of what, what's going on in there. You know, I'm an old chap, so it's, uh, sometimes it was strange to see how, how it works, but, uh, but uh, I managed to do it even in, uh, in, uh, in recent years. So this is one thing that I'm proud of, but, uh, but you know, writing a column is, uh, is a very complicated business. And uh, uh, I'm doing my best uh, not to deal only with politics, but also with the Israeli society and with international affairs. I'll give you an example. I, uh, I covered the um, uh, elections in the United States in 2016. I drove from Ohio and Pennsylvania and Maryland uh, down to Florida. And I said, Trump is going to win the elections. And uh, you know, and uh, people looked at, uh, or people who read me felt that I'm crazy, you know, how it came out. Just the last uh, one or two questions, just if we look, at, look ahead. In, in, on the political spectrum, kind of in a, in, in eventually in a, a post-Netanyahu world, are there any younger leaders, uh, younger generation of politicians um, from across the spectrum that you think is, uh, is kind of for, for international observers to keep, to keep an eye on? Who would you be a, a tip for the future? Look, after uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher came major, Netanyahu managed during his uh, very long uh, uh, tenure as, as, uh, as a prime minister and as the leader of the Likud to, I would say, to uh, push aside people who who felt uh, are too eager to to get his job. He, he, you know, it's a, a it's a natural political uh, a development, and uh, some people who who had maybe uh, who, who had a chance to to become prime minister, uh, representing the Likud party, were pushed out of the uh, out of the uh, government and sometimes out of the political uh, system uh, completely. Now, on the other side, what you see is it's quite interesting. Uh, the left in Israel is really dying. What really was the, uh, uh, the group of echelon of the Israeli society which uh, uh, established the state of Israel and ran it for uh, in the first 20 years of the state and uh, even later, and is still part of the elite, is really not interested in politics anymore. People, it, it happened in other countries too. People who, mm. who, uh, who are very talented and very ambitious go to other fields like high-tech. Uh, uh, we have a very successful industry in high-tech. Uh, as they go to maybe to the academia, they don't, they are not interested in politics. So you, uh, and at the same time, you see the Israeli society has changed, moved to the right, and uh, and uh, uh, somehow the Likud party is currently the dominant party in Israel. It's uh, uh, the Labour Party is really uh, buried. Uh, there is no Labour Party anymore, and the blue and, uh, and white party is not exactly left. It's a it's a center, it's right of center, a party that opposes Netanyahu, but it, it's mm. not, uh, it's not what, uh, what uh, it's not exactly the uh, legitimate uh, successor of the Labour Party. So, so this is the situation now, but you know, we, if we, and I hope 
we will remain a very lively democracy, it will, it can change again. At least uh, uh, this is what happens uh, in history to other countries. It will happen to us too. One, one final question. You mentioned kind of that you are a keen observer of Israeli society. If we can end with a, with a positive note, do you see any grounds? What are the grounds for, for optimism that you see in, within Israeli society? No, I, I don't have to, to, to sell Israel to you, but it, it, it's a very good country to live in. I, I'm, I'm a happy Israeli. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Israel is a success story. It's not uh, obvious. I mean, you know, uh, you know in what neighborhood we live, and uh, mm -hmm. sometimes you know uh, the cost is is, is uh, tremendous. Uh, in, 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 uh, not only in lives of people, uh, but also uh, the economy, the the uh, size of our uh, defense budget, uh, the uh, attention we can dedicate to to a social and cultural issues, you know, everything is under the shadow of our uh, security. So this is, this is the problem. But, but nevertheless, it's a very, very successful country. We had several years of good uh, economical uh, situation, uh, not, not, not so different from what we have seen in West Europe, but still people uh, elevated their standard of living. And, and uh, the Israeli society is healthy. Unfortunately, our political uh, system now is in, uh, in a kind of uh, virus. Uh, we suffer from several viruses, and I hope we will get out uh, uh, more healthy than, uh, than before. Absolutely. Um, Nachum, thank you very much indeed for your time today. Most appreciated. And I should say for our readers that if you look on the uh, the, the, the Ynet uh, news website, which is the, uh, the sister site of uh, the Yidiot Akronot newspaper. They do uh, on occasion translate uh, Nachum's articles and I would encourage people to read them there in English. If you can't read them in the original Hebrew, um, always well worth a read. Um, but thank you very much today. Thank you very much for talking to me today. Okay.